I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets. Greetings from Bratislava, Magdeburg, Vilnius, Tallinn and Strasbourg this time. I'm David. And I'm Mark and you're listening to the Check Your Facts podcast. A little podcast about digital journalism with digital journalists as guests made by us, two digital journalists from Slovakia and Germany. And as you probably heard, we uh, are in five different cities today and we're happy to say to you why. But first of all, I want to know, how are you, David? How are you doing? <laughs> Thanks, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, but uh, you had uh, big news today, a uh, big announcement, so... Please yeah, share. <laughs> you know it for some time now, but I had uh, had to wait. Yeah, I have a new job and mo I'm moving to Berlin, and I'm going to build as editor responsible in a new platforms team, which will be a huge opportunity and chance to develop myself. I'm really happy. <laughs> sounds really responsible. <laughs> <laughs> sounds responsible, yes. By by the sounds of it. Okay, so congrats. I'm I'm really looking forward to what like you will. You know, learn in uh, Berlin. Yes, of course, and it's much closer because the airports from Bratislava and Berlin are like super, super connected. So maybe we can meet uh, more often. Yeah, maybe we can once uh, record in a like you know a professional studio. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, nice. let's let's get to our host. Uh, I mean, guests. <laughs> because yes, there, um, are, there are a lot of them today. Yeah, as you probably. Um, so we didn't have any episode last week because we were preparing for this one which is a very big episode with three guests and we thought this could be like the season finale the big year end podcast episode whatsoever with three guests so we can talk for hours and hours and hours about journalism that's what we like to do but yeah who is it David tell us so as, as you as you heard we mentioned in the beginning uh, two city names from the Baltics which which is Vilnius in uh, Lithuania and uh, um, Tallinn in Estonia so uh, and our guest, third guest is from Latvia but he's at the moment in, in Strasbourg so I would like to welcome uh, all three of them which is uh, uh, Liepa Uh, from Lithuania, Marian from Estonia and Philips from Latvia. Guys, you could go on in this order and <laughs> and say hi. Okay, everyone is disconnected. Okay. Hello. <laughs> hello. How are you doing? Hi, everybody. Hi, hello. Okay, well, we'll cut this <laughs> to sound. This is that's going to be interesting. <laughs> we, we never had like three guests on a podcast. We had two. I think there was, yeah, the biggest number, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So um, we we like except Mark, we all know each other from a UX exchange. We met on two years ago, and um, so we decided to like make a you know. Get together and talk about the, the media in Baltics. But before we get in, into this topic and talk about what's going on in those three countries, uh, I would like to maybe uh, you know invite everyone to uh, speak about themselves, 
but like how did they did you get to journalism and what are you doing at the moment so maybe Marianne do you want to start sure yeah hi from Tallinn Estonia um, so I work for uh, the uh, main uh, investigative newspaper uh, that comes out once a week uh, it's called AST Express and uh, I've been there for two years uh, before that I worked for a daily the biggest daily uh, but um, how did I get into journalism? Um, well, it's been, yeah, since 16, I think, since I've been in journalism on and off. Um, but I mean, I've been like working for so many different outlets and uh, mediums that if I'm going to list them all now, <laughs> it's going to take uh, forever. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just say that I, well, journalism for me is uh, everything. This is my passion, absolutely. And, uh, but, and yeah, uh, but, most of my career I, I did in Estonia, but I also worked for uh, and freelanced for uh, different English language outlets. So, yeah. And did you, like, like were born and, and thought, like, oh, I want to be a journalist? So was it, like, a childhood dream? Mm, no, when I, when I... That happened around... When I was around 16 when I wrote my first article for the uh, school paper, and that was it. Like, I was done. <laughs> wow, okay, so you were and hooked. Since then, yeah, completely. Since then, it was, I only applied for, to study journalism in the uni. So if I, if I hadn't got, um, gotten in, I, I wouldn't have studied <laughs> anything else. Like, it was just this or nothing. Nice. Uh, okay, great to have you on. Uh, Lirpa, do you want to go next? Yeah, why not? So I'm working as a journalist for almost 11 years now. Um, yeah, I'm started, uh, I started uh, at school uh, the same as Marion, but uh, and I was dreaming about becoming a journalist from my very, very young age, I mean, starting from six. Uh, because my mother was a journalist and my daddy's uncle was a journalist, a secret journalist, I would say, because he was put in exile and sent to Siberia in 1980 uh, because of the illegal media at that time. So some, somehow journalism is in my genes, you know. Wow. I, di I didn't know that, actually. Yeah, that's the story of my family. Yeah, so. And, and uh, where are you working at the moment? So now I'm at the moment I'm working uh, in the second largest online media outlet in Lithuania called 15 Minutes, and our owners are from Estonia. So uh, Marian knows that the yeah we <laughs> well Estonians owns the biggest media channels in Lithuania. That's that's uh, that goes to our topic too. I think mm. today. Okay, well, maybe we can address it a little bit later. And uh, why yeah. why is it called Fifteen Minutes? Uh, it's just a name. I don't know because we uh, the the media channel was started as a newspaper for free, which you could read in fifteen minutes. That was the point, I think. But now the newspaper is closed, and we and we are only living online. Okay, but that sounds interesting to like be called Fifteen Minutes. Uh, okay, thank you and welcome as well. And uh, yeah, we have finally Philips, who's okay. in Strasbourg. Hello, everyone from uh, Strasbourg. 
It happened with me also when I was 16, as it happened with Marian. And it started in in regional newspaper. So I was in high school and I tried to write something about local local cultural events or sports or whatever they gave gave to me to write. So at start I thought that I will write only and just about sports. That was the only thing. But you know, years passed somehow, and and now I am into politics. So and I never ne- never never wrote about the sports somehow. So. So I'm working for Delphi. It's the uh, biggest uh, Baltic uh, online news media. It's all uh, biggest in Latvia, Li- Lithuania, and Estonia. And uh, I'm working there for five years right now, I think. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly writing about uh, politics, but main focus EU politics. Ah, uh, and okay, okay. And you're working for for Delphi, right? Yeah, I'm working for Delphi. I'm a journalist there. And uh, is is 16 years old like a common age in Baltics to get into media? Because (laughs) (laughs) sounds like... like... Life starts when you're 16 in the Baltics. It it just happens when you're 16, so I I don't know. It's it's not a myth, it's it's a real thing. Is there something in the water? (laughs) Some specials, I don't know. I mean, I, I was, I was, I was remembering when I was 16 what I wanted to do, and it was basically, you know, just like play on the computer and maybe, I don't know. At the time, I wanted to be a doctor, actually. <laughs> How did you get the journalism? True, true story. Uh, well, I was fired from the uni. <laughs> okay. So uh, yeah, that's that's actually how <clears throat> I ended up in journalism. <laughs> Uh, I started to like you know I I studied medicine first uh, and was the was the best choice. Um, Any <laughs> uh, anyway, let's 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 uh, try to dive into the topic of the of the Baltics media. Um, I'm <clears throat> I did a terrible mistake when I uh, sent you an email, and in the subject there was like Balkan media instead of Baltic media. So I'm terribly sorry for that, guys. Um, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's okay. By the way, I forgive you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I, I, I needed to hear that. Uh, Philips, we will. You know, we'll talk about it later. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain. But <clears throat> uh, do you think you could like, in in short, just like talk about the media situation in your country? Um, because uh, the thing thing is that that like we're in 2017, there are like lots of things going on, and s- I mean when we wanted to record this uh, episode, we were thinking with Mark like, hey Mark, we don't really like do, do not often hear about like what's going on in uh, in, in you know these different countries in in, in Baltics, like m- journalism and media wise. Um, the, the, obviously, everyone knows the case of like the Delphi and that they were sued because of the the comments online, which which was a huge case, and like every journalist in Slovakia knows about it, and I I suppose everyone in Europe because it got to the European court court. But um, if you just could like address this, like uh, what what do you think of the like media situation in your country? That that would be like a great starter, I would say. 
So I think the situation is much better than in the Balkans, you know, I mean, in Baltics, much better. <laughs> uh, the situation is much better than in Balkans, because, uh, for example, in Lithuania, the main, um, the most important media is now on the internet, I mean, uh, despite the fact that it's, if it's uh, uh, websites or, or even television, everybody's watching and listening and reading everything only in internet uh, almost television is not very popular at all <laughs> and newspapers are absolutely um, reducing the name i would say because we uh, it reminds the times when corruption was much bigger and they still things that uh, somebody can you know kill some somebody with newspaper and uh, websites are mu much more clear and uh, much more transparent so I, I think uh, our situation is getting better in this way but I'm not talking about money and financial situation by now but so so you're saying in in Lithuania the the, the number one source of, of news is uh, yes, Internet and uh, would wouldn't you say like the second is like TV? So yeah, yeah. Still, by by, by internet also. you mean online media, right? Yeah, sure. Is that what you mean? But do you mean like um, uh, it's like parallel to like are they independently online media outlets, or mm, or do you also publish um, let's say the same information on the paper, or is it just? No, not not anymore. I mean, the most popular sources are Delphi and 15 Minutes, and they are all only online. Uh, yeah. Only online. Yeah, yeah. Newspapers anymore. And newspapers are living their very, very hard times now. So uh, we only almost um, lost all daily newspapers. We are only uh, like only one left, I think, which is daily. Uh, more, most of them are only like for weekends, so so internet gains everything now. Okay, Lia, but when you talk about uh, that Delphi is like the second biggest, or one of, of the two biggest? Um, Delphi yeah. is still the biggest, and we are the second, so 15 minutes okay. are the second by now. And Delphi, is and Delphi is Latvian, so your biggest... No, they are Estonian too. Oh! <laughs> Owners are Estonian, both of Delphi and, and 15 minutes. So it like it reports for for the two countries. Or how how is how is how is Delphi organized? Maybe yeah, Liepa and Philips, maybe you could tell us how how it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I can try to explain. So we have offices and different newsrooms in Tallinn, Vilnius, and Riga, and those are totally different editorial teams and with different editorial agenda and uh, organized organization and management so so we work totally uh, independently from each other so the thing is that the main owner is uh, is uh, sits in Estonia he uh, sits in Tallinn his name is Hans Luik and he's one of the if we could call him like that uh, Baltic media magnate and <laughs> well he, he has the biggest share he's not the, o the only owner but yeah 
He's the yes, biggest he's shareholder the, of the company. So that's the thing. So Lithuanians and Latvians uh, is kind of kind of owned by Estonian company, and and uh, by myself, I'm happy about that right now because the, the the media ethics and morals in Estonia right now is higher than uh, my belief than Latvia or Lithuania. And why is that? It's it's hard to explain, but the the Paul. <sighs> the po- ethical politics of how to rule media media uh, companies uh, how clear to be about the ownership is, is much better in estonia and we can see also that in the in the media freedom indexes where estonia is much uh, in much higher place than latvia or lithuania then estonia is some kind of 10th or 12th uh, place then latvia is uh, something about 30 30 place or something like that so much much lower so the the media culture what the estonian company gives us uh, i would say not the culture but the freedom so that we do not have any latvian ownership that some kind um, gives us more freedom to work yeah that's absolutely agree with you phillips absolutely you mean that uh, that they basically they wouldn't in- intervene, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, the same happened to Estonia in the 90s when uh, we regained the uh, independence. Um, a lot of uh, Scandinavian media companies opened their newspapers and uh, media here. And we actually really praised it for the same reason, because they never intervened. But why do why do you think is that like uh, were they like you know like such wise people or because they were, had businesses elsewhere and they believed in journalism or why why, why is that? But it was just business for bu- business reasons. They didn't uh, enter the market to for political reasons, for instance. Obviously, <laughs> you know. I, I see. And it was so- just purely market. If I, I could add also that for uh, Hans Luik and this ST Express uh, company, uh, it's some kind of luck that they uh, they 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 have Delphi because in, in Delphi was established in 19, uh, 1999 and it was sold in uh, 2004 and it in 2004 it was sold uh, f- by five or six million euros. In 2004, but uh, after a few years, a uh, few years, uh, Estonians bought this company about 50 million euros, 54 million euros. The price was much, much, much higher, and by that time, it, it, it has just uh, keep growing. Mm-hmm. If I can intervene too, so I would say that uh, 15 minutes. Um uh, is a uh, part of the Isti Media Group, which owns 25 media outlets in Baltics. Um, the company is also from Estonia, and uh, so it's kind it's kind of similar model. I mean, uh, Delphi and Isti um, Media Group, because we have uh, uh, different uh, news media outlets in different Baltic countries, and we they somehow. Uh, sometimes work together, but usually we are in, in independence. So it's kind of similar the media models, and it's working in two different companies, and they are both the the most important in all three Baltic states. Uh, I see. Yeah. 
And at the, um, at the same time, I can give you what's happening in Estonia with these con companies. Uh, they are the, the so it's Esto Esti Media, which means Estonian Media and uh, Express Media. Um, and I actually work for Express Media as well. So I'm sort of uh, Philips's colleague because <laughs> yeah. my newspaper is under that group as well. Uh, but uh, in Estonia, these are the two main companies and they are so competing and it's just... Uh, um, I mean, they're competing over every person, every story. Uh, it's it's quite uh, um, tense, intense. Um, is it, wouldn't you say it's great, like for journalism in Estonia, to have like two strong media outlets, co you know, competing? And like yeah, but sometimes it just uh, becomes even absurd. It's just ah, you know okay. how we uh, how we have these pushes uh, on the phones, right? Uh, when you download an app yes a yes of course news push <laughs> so like it's become so absurd that uh when one news outlet uh one um group sends out the push the other one has to send like se send this immediately as well and if you're subscribed to both of these uh oh, sorry if you've downloaded both of these apps so you like <laughs> you <laughs> you just witness this battle like constantly it's just it. i had to just delete one of them because it drove me nuts it's uh <laughs> like uh because i worked for both of these companies i know how competitive they are and i i know how each of their decision is influenced by yeah but what what are the others doing what is the other company doing so <laughs> it's uh Marianne. it's a little bit funny in, sometimes Marianne. Imagine, imagine that, for example, in Tallinn, uh, some kind of big fire happening, and uh, don't you believe that the both companies would send the push notifications, uh, even if they wouldn't be a competitors? No, yeah, of course, but sometimes it's uh, just like even the words are the same, and and I, I wouldn't say that if I wouldn't um, have been inside and seen this from mm -hmm. the inside. And all my friends are journalists, so I know how this works. I know how if uh, one company sends out push, the other one would be, yeah, but we have to do the same. So quickly, let's, uh, like, you never want to um, drag behind. And the difference between these companies, if you look at the statistics, it's so small, so they really compete. Who's mm -hmm. get to be the number one? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit better now in Latvia in, in the, this sense from Delphi perspective of course if I'm speaking because <laughs> uh, uh, we are now kind of very confidential about so about our first place so confident about our, our first place so the second place the, the rival company is some kind of more than 10% uh, far from us so Oh, this is not the case for us. So if they are sending the push about that, I don't know, whatever, Kim Kardashian, some kind of new surgery, we don't care. <laughs> so, uh, uh, of course, they are not doing that. Uh, I am exaggerating. But, uh, but we do not have to follow them. And I, I, believed, I believe that they are not following us also. But uh, I can't reply to and I will advocate 15 minutes in this <laughs> Yeah, I have to, you know, guys, you both from Delphi. Uh, so I would say that uh, we are having very s strange and funny situations with push notifications too, because uh, uh, usually Delphi sends um, push notifications with uh, click bite, you know. 
uh, you know, something had happened somewhere and we will send a push with all information. So I think we are, you know, we are not, uh, we don't think that our audience are stupid people or something like that. <laughs> and and sometimes it's better actually to, uh, to send the notifications when like two minutes later, because if a person has two dif different uh, apps, so your <laughs> will be higher, you know? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you thought about this. <laughs> yeah, sure. Are, are, are uh, smartphone mobile apps like big? Because you all started like just like suddenly talking about uh, push notifications. So like, is it, is it something like... Uh, that's a big thing, of course. So, the most important thing. Yeah. Is it like a big tra traffic driver, or like like, or is, yeah, is it more course. like a personal, you know, yeah. like assistant? You know, the the apps yeah. are pushing no, notifications. It, well, of course, it is a big traffic driver. It's it's we see we see that this trend just grows. Uh, like yeah, more, and it's more, a more goal to be. A, it's and the most important goal to be the first on mobile, not on PC or you know somewhere else. I, I see. And uh, is it yeah. is it the same as in most of the Europe in Baltics that uh, uh, mostly people have Android phones and uh, like iPhones are second, or is it opposite? I do not have a precise st statistics about Latvia. I can I, I can Google it really fast, <laughs> but I, but. Uh, but I, I I think that Androids are still more more popular just because they are cheaper. Yeah, and, yeah um, I wouldn't know the data on this either. So, and uh, Lepa, it's the same in uh, um, Lithuania? I'm googling that now. But <laughs> okay, okay. Until until you guys until you guys Google Google this, I just wanted to put some things into perspective. So I I searched the the World Press Index, uh, uh, and turns out like uh, yes, Estonia is like on the 13th place. And then, uh, like around 30, there is uh, Lithuania, uh, Latvia, and after that, Lithuania. So, so you you were right in in this regard. And also, uh, I was trying to like learn some like basic stats about Baltics media. Uh, there is this. You, you obviously, I'm sure you know about the digital news report that the Reuters Institute of Journalism puts out every year. Uh, for some reason, they have not included uh, your your countries yet. Uh, Slovakia was included first time last year, so I'm just like no. Check on their Bal Balkan. Is is it there? <laughs> no, hopefully not. No, no. Okay, that was a joke. Okay, I didn't get it first. Don't okay. let them fool you around. <laughs> okay, yeah, and so uh, and uh, and uh, f fact number two. So the European <laughs> Journalism Center. Now you're laughing at me. So the the EJC has something called a uh, 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 media landscapes where they have mapped all the you know media landscapes uh, all around Europe and the the, the West world so far but uh, i have looked uh, through the baltics countries and it was updated last at around 2009 so <laughs> um wow. yes ages ago yes that's that's like total like ages ago so there are funny things written there like uh you know mainly about newspaper tv and radio and oh. 
very little about online so that's that's why it's quite valuable that what you're like talking about uh, right now okay mark do you, i'm, I'm yes. sure you have a very specific question now Yes, I'm, I'm always wondering because we had guests like from Poland and Hungary and other East European countries and you know that we have a very comfortable situation in Germany with the public service broadcasters, you know, the, the public owned um, broadcasters who get paid by like every inhabitant and they are like free to do whatever they want but and they have to control the politics and so on and i'm not very sure how the situation is in in your countries and because you're all working in the private sector i bet there's not completely something like like public service but um how do you feel about it is there something missing or do you have something like this i can in, I, i can start yes I think please. The, the situation in latvia is is almost miserable <laughs> okay. uh, and I, i will try to define it because uh, uh, public uh, media is very strong and public media has one of the best and strongest journalists that we have one of uh, but the problem is that uh, they are not surviving just with the state budget not just with our tax money uh, they also needs uh, to need to get uh, sponsor money from the private companies And this aspect raises a lot of questions about ethics, about some some concrete uh, uh, programs, sponsored uh, sponsored programs, and and uh, it's a question of discussion. And this is the one of the reasons why this year the broadcast watchdog, what we have, uh, the uh, fired uh, board member of Latvian radio, public radio. Uh, accusing that the sponsor sponsored uh, programs has affected the independence of the media so that this is a huge huge problem and the question now in latvia and it's totally not okay with this one in here mm, interesting how about lithuania oh we have a huge scandal now because politicians are trying to get all informations about public televisions um pay payslips i would say for all the journalists who are just uh, producing stuff for television i mean for public television and um, like public television answered that it's kind of commercial thing and kind of secret so we cannot give you all information uh, however they are gaining money from the state so i don't know if it's really true Uh, and it's a huge scandal because now, today exactly, uh, the leader of the main party, leading party now, uh, asked uh, uh, questions to one of the journalists of work, who is working, who is the, the very popular on public television, and uh, accused him uh, doing something wrong with um, taxes not paying the, all the taxes or something like that. And that journalist asked a number of questions for a pol uh, politician and everything was on Facebook. So, uh, yeah, we kind of feeling that this leading party uh, is not happy about journalism, which is made by public televisions. And tr they are trying to, to I don't know, to put some boundaries for them or doing something like that you know it's kind of, kind of 
I don't know, related with uh, freedom, freedom of journalists there. Uh, um, I, I see the danger in this kind of feeling today about the scandal, so I don't mm. know if you understand me correctly, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. easy to explain. Uh, yeah, but it was a huge scandal today, too, really. And uh, how, how about Estonia, Marian? Um, yeah, we do have public broadcasting service as well. Uh, I think the difference with Lithuania is that um, we don't pay like specific. I think in Lithuania you guys pay specific tax. No, no, you don't. But you used to. Mm-mm. I don't remember. No, uh, it's a kind of it's. They are financed from the budget. Yeah, from the state budget. Okay, I somehow thought that yeah. you had the specific tax. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's the same. Um, they're financed by the uh, state budget, and. Uh, they are trying to compete with these two major companies. And how, how are they succeeding? Um, um, well, they're not definitely... Their online site is definitely not um, the top red site. But they have a lot of um, availabilities. Um, and it's it makes it, in my view, it's, this is very personal, <laughs> but I think... Uh, uh, it makes it very uh, unfair to the private sector because they they have all these journalists, they have the radio, the TV, and um, all these resources that they can just use. And they often um, promote their content. For instance, on public broadcasting TV channel, they would promote, uh, even like, I would call it advertise, that you should all go to um, online uh, news sites and read the news there. And um, so, yeah, it's um, so the private companies have to compete with that, right? Um, so, in a way, it's a bit unfair, I think. So, do, do we share information with a private sector? Because if you know, if taxpayers somehow are paying for for this public television, so information is kind of you know should be available for all of us, you know, to get the article if you wanted to republish it do, do yeah, yeah yeah there's this agreement that that? Private, yeah private media can uh, refer to this information and they can do the same with um with a private with, with an information published on private media that's true yeah and but so they're still competitive they're still like mm-hmm. this third competing entity (laughs) next to the private companies which doesn't make much sense but they claim to be like very balanced and the most neutral but uh, i don't know if you guys have the same uh, actually that would be interesting to know in um in latvia and lithuania um in tallinn specifically we have this their own like a tv channel uh financed by the um, tallinn uh, city council and uh basically controlled by the main party, central party, which is uh, obviously the uh, the other parties uh, always complain about and a lot of lot of people uh, as well. Do you have the same phenomenon, how like the main party basically creates their own um, media? In capital city as in city double? Yeah. Uh, not right the same. We have the, the thing that the the main political power has uh, a, a huge influence to some Russian uh, channels because the because uh, the main power party is uh, ethnicity Russian based. 
So 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 they have mm, some yeah. it's pretty huge influence, but they, as I know, they do not own anything. We don't have that phenomenon in Lithuania and Vilnius, especially no television related with politics. But uh, we, uh, the leader of the main uh, political party, uh, just uh, sold his shares in a regional newspaper, and they are printing uh, newspapers for free and. Uh, Pretending that it's not uh, uh, that newspaper is not related with the party, uh, despite the fact that it is, and it's kind yeah. of advertisement newspaper, you know. Yeah, yeah, the same with the take picture of the main leader with, uh, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. So politicians are always interested in in uh, in owning uh, media channels somehow. Sure, but in this case, in, in Tallinn's case, um, it's the money comes from the city budget, oh. basically. It's a propaganda channel that we finance. <laughs> okay, so that, that would be my next question, because in Germany it's very, um, very much protected that um, the public service broadcasting is independent, autonomous, so that's, it's not paid by a tax or city money, but by... Um, a certain amount of money you have to pay like it's not a tax so politi politicians can say you have to um, write this or send this or so so it's it's a, so it's not basically public radio but more like yeah propaganda channels you I mean can... well, mm -hmm. okay sorry no no marian continue no i didn't understand do you mean like this uh, Tallinn tv or yeah, like like all three of yours. Um, the, the the TV um, in Tallinn sounded a bit like this, but um, well, that's the only example that I can give. Where okay, uh, but they would obviously never publicly claim that this is their channel. They say this is a television channel for the the people of Tallinn. But okay. it's clear when you look at the content mm. that it's their voice. <laughs> this is their okay. channel. So it's influenced by politics and it's politicians by, by and this and very specific party yes but okay uh, everybody knows but yeah yes everyone knows that it's just a matter of fact but um the public broadcasting obviously is completely separated from the politics like that would not okay. definitely would <laughs> that would not be possible I found it really interesting uh, when when you three were talking about how it's unfair because we have the same situation and discussion right now in Germany because the the private sector says like uh, if you get all this share of money why do you do the same like uh, writing texts into the internet and not mm. like keep on doing what you're doing which means like radio shows and TV shows and do that um, and I still work for a public uh, uh, service broadcaster, and I was always like, of course, <laughs> I always had a, the point of view that um, it's still a competition and that we should uh, also do things in the internet. But um, I'm really interested in how you see this whole debate about what a public broadcaster should do or shouldn't do, like f from that point that you were in the discussion. I don't know. Um, I just, uh, I just, I only remembered this one incident lately where, um, where one of the uh, news hosts 
uh, in Estonia um, dare to ask quite uh, sharp questions from one of the politicians. And uh, after this, uh, there was a huge debate. Uh, is this... Um, um, is this something that public broadcasts should do? Should they really be that sharp? Shouldn't they be just like neutral observants? Um, so there is a sort of a, like expectation that they should be as neutral as possible. But isn't this exactly the thing they have to do? Like asking like sharp questions because that's a part of... Well, yeah, I, I obviously it? praise it. Like I think it was great. Like finally some spice in this... <laughs> in this channel, uh, because they really are quite tend to be quite soft and uh, boring at times. Um, yeah, this, this similar, <laughs> yeah. similar, similar in Riga that uh, the people are waiting and expecting that there will be something like BBC hard talk and 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 we will have those sharp questions, but there are very very little of those times when we see that. And that's not because uh, not 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 because uh, there would be some political impact, I believe, but mainly about that. That's just this culture of public media, how they works. Yeah. Some day, sometimes they have some kind of luck, and they can they can catch uh, some some big fishes or something like that. It's very uh, rare in corruption field. Yeah. yeah, but it's rare. Okay. Although the main investigative TV show, the best one, truth be told, is uh, uh, under public broadcast station. So, but this is a specific one show, yeah? Uh, I would say the best talk show in Lithuania is on public television. I mean, political talk show. Uh, they, then uh, every evening uh, one politician comes to the studio and uh, is, uh, has to answer uh, sharp questions. Uh, and that journalist was in scandal today, so uh, I'm quite worried about him. And uh, yeah, uh, I would say that politicians has no power to public uh, television and radio and uh, internet in Lithuania, but uh, they decide. They have a decision choice uh, to how much how much money to spend on it, and that's it. This is a decision, you know. So they, um, yeah. And we got um, a secret correspond correspondence from the main uh, party members uh, almost half year ago, and they were writing each other that we should. Uh, should close this uh, this uh, program, uh, this talk show, because we are not obje uh, objective, we are not neutral to us, we are, you know, hmm. um, asking too hard questions and whatever. So it's kind of, you know, you know, it's kind of politics now. Uh, they are somehow trying to to get this public televi television as we own their, their own media channel. So. Uh, now I would stand for public television and pu for public radio just uh, because I see that politicians are trying to close them down. Oh, yeah. And I think it's only a small step away. Um, what I um, would like to discuss with you, because uh, Philip said earlier that he got the feeling that the Estonian media scene is like the freest or 
like yeah most independent and as i told you we were talking to people from uh hungary and poland uh how how is it with like political suppression of the media landscape how hard is it for journalists to like be very critical of the government and of certain political parties or influences how how is it philips maybe you start because you, you got the, talking yeah yeah The, the first thing when it when we are talking about the political impact it, it is uh, then we talk about newspapers and if we if we are still talking about newspapers as a thing is it if it is a thing still then uh, yes they are under under impact and influence of political interests all we, in Latvia we have three newspapers like the national newspapers and All three of them, in some angle, they, they, they we can read the influence out of them. It is so so uh, so like you you see it immediately, and and in one newspaper you it's it's harder to find, but also so in, from this, this side you it, it's good that they, okay okay there's this public uh, public broadcaster which is independent, and, and then there is uh, two Estonian say companies in Latvia. Uh, which are uh, free because the reason because they are from Estonia. So, and we have one more. The third company is MTG, which is uh, known just before few months rebranded to all media, yeah, if I'm right. So, so it is the commercial uh, TV competitor for public broadcaster. So yeah, we have political influence, but I, I would say just when we are talking about newspapers right now. Okay, so it's not dangerous to be a journalist because um you know in hungary it can be that's why no, i, I mean it's far it away i know that but um you know you only have this nowadays i think more in the eastern european part um so we're just checking <laughs> how about um how about a Lithu um like lithuania yeah uh I would say that the biggest influence is uh, for regional newspaper and regional online media outlets like small websites which are, is uh, is working mainly for uh, this city's people you know a small and uh, small small units in, in in small areas uh so they are usually uh, related with local politicians that's a huge problem but uh, uh The national media we don't have. Liepa, uh, if if I can add add up one thing, you just uh, talked about the the regional newspapers. Uh, mm -hmm. I believe maybe this is a different question, but it's it's in Latvia it is a different huge problem. Influence, political influence, but the problem is that those newspapers, if we can call them uh, like uh, that, is owned by yeah. municipalities. Yeah. And, and they are uh, calling themselves as newspapers. And, mm -hmm. and now we have the the president, the first president, when La one Latvian private uh, local newspaper, uh, like uh, uh, went to the European court and European court initiated case against Latvia right now. Mm. So, so this is a thing. So Maybe. sorry, but, yeah, so, sorry, this interrupted no. Maria, Maria and his, uh, that's right. No, no, it's interesting. Go on. 
Yeah, so okay. it was uh, in Bauska, if I, their city, Bauska, in the middle of Latvia, and 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 there in this city they have two in, in region. In this region, they are two two local newspapers, one owned by municipality and one owned by pri- private media owner. And uh, the the private owner said that, hey guys, we have uh, ads advertisements in our newspaper, and you also, but you are like subsidized also mainly. By, by municipality, and in the meantime, in this municipality newspaper, when you open the paper, you see that there mostly you can see the the, the deputies of the the council smiling, uh, opening new factory, or uh, speaking with children and saving dogs and cats, and they still call themselves newspaper. So at first, Latvian uh, newspaper, the private newspaper, went to the local court. Local court said, "Okay, guys, you are right. The municipality, this published uh, published paper, uh, they can't put ad anymore. That's right. You you are right there, but they still can uh, publish their papers. And the, and the private company said, no, sorry, we do not believe that. And they went to the European court, and the and the professional media sphere in Latvia, we are." very very supportive to this this paper and we also believe that it's a super huge problem in latvia we have a lot of such a kind of papers we call themselves uh, newspapers but in the reality they are not not close anything like that i love that uh, they didn't uh, give it give up they're going on yep. with this yeah. Yep. To send the signal that uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, they, they they got also a pretty strong pro bono law, law firm, which uh, supports uh-huh. them. So they have some kind of uh, support. Okay. So Marian, your turn. Um, it's really hard for me to answer this question actually. I I'd say like what I already talked about this uh, Tallinn. Um, it's a very Tallinn specific problem. They have their own news, like city council, supposedly, newspaper and um, TV station and the radio, actually, even. I'm not sure. Oh, sorry. I'm not sure about the radio. I don't know if it's part of the city council. But um, yeah, this is where you really see politicized media. But, but other than that, if I think about the biggest um, outlets, there are always claims. There are always people who claim that uh, this is uh, the leading party's outlet, this is the opposition party's outlet. But having worked in these papers, I can't. I really can't say that. I don't think that they have this influence. Um, it's always easy to claim, I think. But uh, but uh, actually, now recently, it's much um, interesting for me to observe Estonian media. This is um, part, uh, this, the group uh, where Liepa works uh, for, that Liepa works mm-hmm. for. Um, because now it was bought by this uh, media, well, okay, this huge businessman uh, and owned by this uh, one of the richest people in Estonia who has different um, companies and, for instance, pharmacies. And um, so you know, you start to see more advertisements on of his pharmacies, on his outlets, and so on. So this is actually something that we keep an eye on right now, more than um, this. Um, 
politicized uh, media. Although I really like uh, Philips' um, uh, story about how you were handling how you're handling this in Latvia, maybe we should also do something about the city council uh, <laughs> media yeah. that just keeps keeps being there. Pretending <laughs> and, they are keep they keep pretending. Yeah, and it's like uh, you're we you're weaponless. <laughs> no, mm -hmm. what can you do? Yeah. I mean, I love that Latvians uh, are not giving up on this. Great. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's really great Latvian lesson, which yeah. <laughs> we all learn. <laughs> that's great. Uh, there, there are actually like uh, a three, I would say maybe like big topics, but I would just like give all of you like just a little bit time to uh, just talk about it. So um, I I. I, I I I don't actually I'm not sure where this uh, notion is coming from, but I had the sense that in Baltics uh, the there is there are like a strong investigative journalism you know groups kind of like like that in each country uh, there are like little units and there is like a something called I, I think when we were messaging before this podcast one one of you told me. Uh, that there, you, someone started a, a investigative journalism like in Baltics, like a, a, a cross cross border unit. So, how how do you see investigative journalism in your countries? Maybe maybe Liepa, we could start with you. So we do have investigative journalism team in the fifteen minutes, which is. Um, unusual thing for a private uh, media outlet and uh, because you know it's uh, very very expensive and uh, long-lasting uh, journalism uh, but they are they are working with uh, 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 Rebaltica which I think you noticed and you know already David uh, and uh, yeah, they are working with uh, organized crime and corruption reporting pro reporting project. So they are they they were part of uh, Panama Papers and Paradise Papers this year. So they are quite uh, well known in Europe and all over the world. Uh, could say that uh, won a part of uh, Pulitzer Prize. Uh, very very small part of course because they were one of 300 journalists who, which were, who were working with panama papers but still uh so yeah investigative journals is kind of on top now i would say in Lithuania. and uh you you mentioned red baltica uh yeah. I, I think the headquarter is in riga so so Philip, yeah. could, could you talk more about red baltica and investigative journalism in latvia yeah. Rebaltic really are the yeah it is the founded in Riga that's true and uh, it's called Investigative Journalism Center Baltic yeah that's also true and they are doing a good job they have done a good job but uh, the thing is if, that sometimes the reports what they have they are really really good features like feature articles really good feature articles. But it's not enough to call it investigative journalism all time, all, all, in all times. And in the other side, sometimes the other journalists, whatever, in, in TV or in online, uh, can do some really good feature, but they call feature article 
but in reality it also is more closer to investigative journalism so it's not just black and white um, the more the speakers the loudspeakers what we have about investigative journalism yeah that's true that's rebaltica and they are working and they have some grants and they are cooperating with Lithuanians and Estonians. And, uh, Although it's very Latvian, no? I, I, or, or Latvian, Lithuanian. I don't think Estonians are very... Oh, no, they're basically they're Lat they're Latvian girls who uh, they yeah. made, made it. But uh, they try to cooperate and in some cases they had some cooperation like uh, Pan-Baltic pieces. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but do you see do you see the, the need like to have a cross border Baltics investigative journalism unit? So like uh, you already mentioned that the media is quite you know cross border owned. So I guess there are like more businesses cross border owned, which which means that of course maybe it, it makes sense. But uh, I would like to hear your take on it. Like, yeah. Of course, we we need something like that, and sometimes we try, and sometimes we are successful, and 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 a lot of cases we are not. The thing is that Baltic state uh, business environment is so connected, and uh, uh, that's mean that the the stories uh, where the uh, where the stories you can find is somewhere between all those three uh, countries. So so yes, you need it to find them. Um, Baltic, uh, the Baltic center, they do not have resources enough to do that. Uh, Delphi have tried also. I'm not, I, I wouldn't say that we have been very successful, but we, we are trying to do something also there. Uh, yes, we need. At least I, I haven't seen a very good result yet. Mm, I see. And uh, Marianne, how, how is uh, like investigative journalism in Estonia? Like you said, your colleagues are doing something. Um, yeah, but it, what we're doing is more, it's a bit different uh, with uh, our agency. We we help uh, actually other journalists who come to our region to, um, we help them to report about the Baltics. We oh, sort of want to get the Baltics more out there. We want to put the Baltics on the map more. So it's a bit different. And um, yeah. And why, why do you think, think like the Baltics is so like... Uh, I'm, I'm not saying underreported, <laughs> but as as we mentioned, it wasn't involved in, involved in the digital news report, the the media landscapes yeah. on EJC. They're like out outdated. Uh, is is it because of the you know the geography that you're like you know somewhere there near Russia and uh, hopefully you're doing well, but we don't really care. Or why do you think is that, Lepa? <laughs> uh, that's hard question, but I. <laughs> wouldn't say somewhere near Russia because the this is the point which makes us interesting. I would say it should be like that in my opinion, very personal one. But uh, uh, well, you know, it, uh, talking about investigative journals, for example, why we do not cooperate for with the Baltic or too much or something like that, uh, because we all, uh, as we already said, Delphi has newsrooms in Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. We have something similar because we are a group of 25 media outlets in Baltics. I mean, in Estonia, Latvia. So if we, if we need something from Estonia, we can go to Postimus and ask them for help. Uh, we do need some, you know... But how often do you actually do that, 
Uh, well, sometimes, not not very often. Um, I have to admit that. But would you say, like, have you have you personally done it? Have you actually cooperated with Latvian or Estonian journalists? Few times, few times, because um, usually I cover Lithuanian local politics, so it's not very common thing for me. Uh, sometimes I only ask uh, if this law is uh, is passed in your country too. You know, something similar questions. I mean, how this system works in your country? Okay, so you mm. still do that? Yeah. Philips, how, how and why do you th think you're like, you know, on the edge of the interest of Europe? Like uh, Media-wise, I would say. I'm, 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 I'm not saying like nobody cares for Latvia. <laughs> we, we care deeply. We care deeply for Latvia. <laughs> what do you want from me then? Ask me again. I want you to forgive me. Yeah, okay. Baltics, Balkans. I forgive you. I forgive you. This, this is a mistake. But I have seen many times. Many times. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So that's 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 my fault. Um, th there was also like uh, the, the the second question I wanted to ask, uh, which is I already mentioned that to to Lepa, that uh, so in the world. Everyone is talking about Russian propaganda, Russian interest, and you guys are one of the like ca countries the closest to, you know, I would say Russia and maybe Russian interests in in, in Europe. Uh, do 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 you feel any kind of you know, uh, how do you say it, um, you know, pressure to to either like you know. Uh, business-wise or also like reporting-wise, that uh, uh, do 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 people in your country care or, or about like what's going on in Russia, or is it just like okay, so th those guys over there and we are part of Europe and we don't care for them? Like how's how's it in uh, Estonia, Marian? We you you have you have like a uh, you guys in Estonia have like a <laughs> very um, I would say uh, murky history with Russia. Mm. Well, I think it's very similar with, with Latvia. I, um, of course, the fear of Russia is always there and always shadowing every decision. <laughs> but uh, and this is, but but the, I don't think we should be defined by this. And there's so much more to our countries. And most of the international journalists who come to Estonia or this region, they look for this fear of Russia. And to be honest, I think. I think we are getting tired of this. I, I think the younger generations are getting tired of this. They don't relate to this anymore. They're born in uh, free Estonia. They don't understand why do we constantly have to um, be dragged <laughs> by this uh, imagined fear, you know? So I think um, there's a sort of a clash of generations as well there, right? Um, it's a huge difference whether you were born during the Soviet Union or not. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and do, do you yeah. consider yourself like one of the, you know, you care more for Estonia as it is and like for the future and... Uh, well, I was born in the Soviet Union. I was six when uh, Estonia got independent. But um, 
But I, I'm tired of this uh, fear. I don't think we should live with that. I think there's so much more here. And uh, well, this actually tackles a bit into this, what you asked before, why nobody cares about our region. I think we are, we are I think the Baltics are not good in, or historically haven't been good in marketing, right? Like we're not marketing oriented people. We're, we, the I, I don't know. I, I guess it's not fair to speak about Lithuanians and Latvians, but at least Estonians, it's it's historically it's been, you know, work hard and then somehow just it, finally you'll find your happiness. Yeah. <laughs> but I think just recently we discovered that, uh, no, you do need to sell your country. You need to put it on the map. Nobody's going to do this for you. So we have quite a few government financed um, entities, different um, institutions, different entities that deal with this, promoting Estonia and make, um, yeah, creating the image and putting it on the map. And I think it's slowly changing because now we're becoming more and more this uh, e-government, uh, e-voting, all this um, e-country, right? More than only the little country that's always afraid of Russia, you know? So I think we're passing this slowly. I hope so, at least. If I can add, uh, I think that story about the biggest fear of Russia in Baltics uh, helped uh, all three, uh, for all three countries, helped a lot to sell them to Europe and to the world and to gain attention, I mean, in NATO, in European Union, uh, because, for example, in Lithuania, uh, politicians and people were talking about the fear of Russia for ages. I mean, for 25, 25 <laughs> years, <laughs> starting from 1990. And uh, uh, what has happened, uh, Europe and the world, I mean, in political level, uh, noticed that we were talking about this for 25 years only uh, after Russia came to Crimea and occupied it. Uh. And, and it was a thing which uh, let us sold us, sold our problems uh, more easy. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Philips, Latvia, yeah. how, how do, how do you see the, the Russian issue? The Russian issue is, it is inevitable. It is here and you see it. And mostly the years, uh, the last years, we have been fighting with the fake news thing. But I think we are pretty good there right now. And people uh, have started to, to think critically, I believe. And I, I see they still we have a problem with the critical thinking, but the, the things have get better, I believe. The much bigger problem that we right have we have now we, what we have is that uh, the biggest telecommunication gig uh, giant what we have it is la telecom it's a company which uh, broad, uh, provides uh, internet and television uh, uh, for, for households and uh, it is uh, mainly owned by state 51 percent and the other percents are for uh, scandinavian private company and uh, this state kind of state company mainly owned by state, is retranslating uh, many Russian propaganda channels. So, and some of the channels, yeah, the same happening in Estonia and in, in, in Lithuania. 
a little bit less in Estonia, but is similar in Lithuania. But Lithuanian uh, watchdog uh, is much more harsher to give some kind of fines to, to ban this uh, channel. So, and this is the situation that we have problem with propaganda, but the state company retranslates it. So, and when you when you say to them, that, hey guys, you do you understand what you are doing, that it is easier to find some Russian channels in, in, in your package than uh, CNN, <laughs> then, they are say, then they are saying, yeah, but market situation is that and that, because they, in Latvia, the, the ethnicity is, is, is uh, uh, the Russian ethnicity population is the biggest, uh, as in all of three states that we have here. In the EU, EU, I think even I think you have the biggest yeah, minority yeah, so. group in the EU. So the Russian channels is the market is market market. So and the state company plays the same. So so this is the mindset problem that we have with the fake news and the propaganda thing. I I, I tend to agree with Marianne that uh, uh, we are getting bored. So guys, think something new, please. Yeah. So. But at the same time, at the same time, if you, I remember a couple of years ago when I worked for, some years ago when I worked for Postimes and uh, in the midst of all the Crimea and Eastern Ukraine um, war um, conflict, let's say, um, uh, like whenever you would write a story or publish a story about something that would mention Russia or Ukraine, that would just like, kill the internet like everyone would read it you know like yeah. the same is happening still i think like the put putin is the main keyword if you want to get a click bites yeah really so, so people read so clearly there is interest clearly people are worried I see. But, okay, so yeah. so let's let's maybe f- finish with something uh, positive. Positive, <laughs> and could you all say like one 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 thing connected to journalism and media in your country? Uh, I don't know, like one of the latest innovation or like whatever y- y- you find is like a great sign of <laughs> of of journalism moving forward. Like be it uh, like I don't know. A really great news app, or or an investigative unit, or a TV program doing great like political talk show. So maybe maybe we can start with Liepa, then Marian, and end with Philips. I didn't have time to think, so I will talk about myself. <laughs> can I? <laughs> of course. So yeah. So um, a year and a half ago, I started a first fact-checking project in Lithuania, which is called or checked by 15 minutes. And it's still the, the only one which is working in Lithuania, so where we are fact-checking claims made by politicians. Uh, our c- competitors wor- uh, are working only with propaganda things, so if they are uh, reconstructing uh, propaganda stories, and we are working only with claims made by made by politicians. Another thing, uh, we started um, government promise tracker, and because we got a new government last year, and uh, in January uh, we started a fact-checking project, uh, and we are checking if they are keeping their promises or not. So it's kind of a new thing uh, made by me again. 
And uh, yeah, but uh, talking about broader contra uh, context, I would say that we have very interesting um, uh, TV station only in internet, uh, working on Patreon platform. If you know what I mean. No, uh, not really. Patreon, <laughs> uh, Patreon, yeah, you mean like people yeah. are uh, pledging people, them money or? People are paying for them, but through Patreon system. I mean. Oh, okay, Patreons. Okay, okay. I I, yeah, I, I know know the system. So like it's like pledging. Not really yeah. like memberships, it's more like pledging. Yeah, yeah. So, and this t TV station works very, I would say, well. Uh, I, I was kind of skeptical about them because I didn't think that uh, Lithuanian people would like to pay for, for media. Because, you know, they, get, they are getting everything for free in the internet. But they do, and uh, we have the same uh, system now. We are asking people to buy, um, you know, a teacup for, for for us and help us to to build our investigative team more more more, more efficient. I would say so. Yeah. So people are paying for media in Lithuania. That was a surprise for me uh, in this year. And uh, we have a challenge coming next year uh, because uh, the government, uh, the, the parliament uh, passed the law which uh, forbids uh, uh, alcohol advers advertising and um, this will be very hard time for all the media next year because we're going to lose around like from starting from 10 to 30 percent of money and will be this will kind of be a problem because you know advertising is all moving to google and facebook yes. and if you are losing uh, another money together with that problem so it's gonna be harsh time mm, i see so and and uh paying like payroll models are are, are not like big thing yet right well you know it's it's nice but it's not enough okay okay but yeah not nice i'm really uh glad you're doing uh, the fact checking thing marian so uh, what's what's the best news in estonia i would just say that uh, i think this is a great time to be a journalist and to be a journalist in in the baltics if you for instance look at us three we're all young and working for the top media, you know, like we're really lucky. <laughs> if I think about my international friends from Italy or Portugal, it's hard to, to even get your foot uh, between the door, right? And uh, so if you really want to do journalism and if you really want to do a good job, you can really do it in our countries and uh, from very young age. You're and, 16, uh, right? Yeah, from 16. <laughs> and uh, you can also do investigative journalism here. I, I mean, um, I can see how if you really do a good job and if it's really um, well played out, well sold online, you can really sell good investigative journalism. People would read it and they would pay for this. So... 
I don't know how long this uh, will last. Maybe it's a miracle. But for now, I think we're uh, we're uh, still. It's a good time still. <laughs> I think. Okay, that, that sounds great. Actually, uh, I'm feeling hopeful now <laughs> <laughs> for all of you. And, and Philips. Yeah, I also have only good things to say. So, um, if I would say that in all media landscape, the in the last few months in the last year maybe the, the one of the best news is that uh, one of the leading investigative journalists uh, the, he had a hard news talk show for many years which was uh, most watched the tv program and uh, he has um, returned and he has returned to to delphi you now and he has a show each e once in each week approximately so so he's back and uh, and it's maybe it's it's very strange when i'm saying that one person somehow can uh, be be a such a i don't know big news but this guy was really huge for many years and after him we never had anybody like that level in hard talk mm. and now he came back and and he hasn't lost his uh, like skills so this is one big good news that we have but um also i think that the good thing for a private company as well uh, we have expanded uh, the social uh, network uh, team we have four like now we have uh, four uh, four uh, guys who are working just with the social network strategy like Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and localdrogian.lv. So, so, so I think uh, as the social networks as the, the future, and you have uh, talked about in your podcast before that, so it, it's very good to see that we can expand in that direction also. And we are uh, like taking in taking in uh, in in the newsroom new journalists also but if we can take also the the social network guys that that's very very good good sign for the journalism in future i think mm. wow that's that 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 was great guys mm. so mark do you do you know now all about baltics media i hope so it was uh, so much information to process i have to to re-listen to the podcast <laughs> but yeah thank you very much for this deep insight into your journalistic scene. I'm really impressed, I have to say. Uh, I love how um, I love how the best news from Latvia is that one Latvian returned. You thought all the time when to say this. I, just, I was like, I, I shouldn't say it. It's not nice. But <laughs> No, no. I mean, yeah, if, if if Philips feels that way, I think it's okay. <laughs> yeah, you listen, listen to David, and and I already said about European Court and the regional newspaper. I can't say it again. <laughs> so, if I wouldn't say it before, I would say that right now. But I said it. So. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Now you're like, how many are you now? <laughs> <laughs> still Four? twice. Still twice as you in Estonia. So. <laughs> Okay. 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 Yeah. <laughs> okay. Th th that was that was a nice one. Okay. Um, okay, guys. Um, thank you for coming to the podcast. Um, uh, it's it's been great, and uh, hopefully we can have you like uh, 
back in the future, maybe uh, one by one and like talk about something more specific. But we wanted to do this like uh, like a general talk about Baltics media, and I think it was it was great, also for the listeners who if. They listened until this and are not uh, subscribed yet to the podcast. You can do so on we're on Apple Podcasts, uh, all all the all the feeds where you could find us, like TuneIn, Stitcher. I don't know. Find check out our website, which is which is checkyourfacts.eu, US European Union, and uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, uh, don't forget to listen to us in the new year because. Uh, Uh, we will be uh, taking a Christmas leave for two or three weeks, right, Mark? Yes. And I saw a sweater, um, and I think you would like it. It's uh, like the famous uh, famous lines from uh, Mariah Carey's Christmas song. And it said, uh, all I want for Christmas is EU, <laughs> like European <laughs> Union, with the stars around it. And I thought you, you could like that. And, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah. I have to get it. I have to get it now. No, I, I, I really have to get it. Okay, guys. Thank you. And thanks for listeners to <clears throat> stuck with us you, until now. Before you open your presents, um, please always check your facts. Please do it. And uh, we see each other on the other side in 2018 and we will have some very nice guests okay bye guys and thank you. thank you very much thanks bye 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 bye, bye. bye.